196 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for people who love playing the game of magic. Whether you're heading out to a PPTQ or you're sitting down at the kitchen table to play with your friends, we're here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Maria. <laughs> we're, it's Bye, amazing. Megan. We're both named Maria. Yes. And Megan's, or excuse me, Maria two and Maria one, whatever wow. order you want to put us wow, in. Wow, wow, wow. Hurtful. <laughs> Her, your middle name is actually Megan, so this is what we've done all these yes, years to try true. and differentiate ourselves. My name is Maria Megan. <laughs> My mom had some really, really confusing <laughs> thoughts on what she wanted to name me. So. Can you imagine? I don't know if anybody's name out there is Maria Megan. Those, It's just two very different types of name. Yes, it would be very strange. It would be. If you know a Maria Megan, please tweet at us at GLHF Magic with the hashtag Maria Megan. Yes. I, uh, yeah, I really want to know. know. It's a strange combination. Yeah. Anyways, we're here to talk to you today about Guilds of Ravnica. Yes, the pre-release is coming up this weekend. We have a guitar solo. We have a sick guitar. <laughs> yeah. In the studio right now. No, we have one of our very favorite people coming on the show. An episode that people always enjoy and find very informative. It's our Judge Rob episode today. Yes, I'm so excited. He's going to tell us all about the different mechanics in Guilds of Ravnica and how they work, as well as any cards that might be particularly complicated also answering some questions if you sent us a question also answering questions if you sent us a question on uh twitter or instagram yeah he will be here to get you ready for the pre-release reminder pre-release this weekend if you haven't signed up sign up in advance if your store allows that whatever method they choose because there's no bigger bummer town than going in for pre-release and it's full yeah you don't be don't be the person left out on the curb, standing in the cold winds of September, as you <laughs> think wistfully of all the people inside cracking open their guild pre-release kits. And you know what? Here's some special insider information for all y'all. Okay, so you're listening to our show. So obviously, yes. number one, you're smart. Yes. Number two, you're great. Number three, you're, you're funny. Weird. Number four, you're weird. weird. Number five, weird. You're gonna be way better prepared at yes. your pre-release to kick some booty because Megan and I have already drafted after the set twice we have holy cow yeah it spoiler was alert so much fun we spoiled it for ourselves it felt like <laughs> just like the best trip back into memory back into memory yeah, lane back which into is memory how lane. people always say you that just open right. the door to a road yes <laughs> that's also outside that's also outside but somehow inside yeah mm-hmm. memory road and we because return to ravnica was the first set we ever played nigh on six years ago yeah and we loved it. We did. And what? it just feels so familiar, but so different. Yes. Right? Because all of the guilds that you know and love are there. Not all of them. Half of them are there. Yeah. Of the 10, the next five will be in the next set. But like, so all of the guilds that you know and love are there. But then at the same time, there's all of these brand new cards. It's yeah. a perfect mishmash for me. Do you want to give your first impressions? I, I thought it was great. I had a great time. I wanted to draft. I want to go through and draft all of the different strategies. So do I. T- I mean, it, it felt like everything had mysteries to unlock for us. Yes. Still. You know, there was deep dives you can do on basically any combination of colors, any number yeah. of colors that you want because there's a guild gate in every pack. My first draft was two color, but then I splashed two other colors. Nice. It was great. What was your first draft? My first draft was Demir splashing green and red. 
Wow. Yeah. You sound like uh, Huey, who played in the Team Series Finals, exactly what he did. That's right. And his deck was sweet. It really was. Was your deck sweet? It was sweet. I only got to play one match with it, but I won that yeah, match. Yeah, we, we had a... The reason we got to draft it early is not because we are illegally going out and cracking packs and drafting. That's right. We didn't, we didn't break <laughs> into a vault. <laughs> As much a booster box. as we might want to. Oh, no, yeah. we were preparing for the world uh, championship. The team series final portion of that was Guilds of Ravnica sealed. Yeah. So we had to kind of know something about it. I drafted Celestia. I'm going to, I'm not going to say I forced it, but my card that I opened was a Celestia uncommon or something like that. That was yeah. very good. And I just took it and I was like, well, I'm just going to try this because yeah. I like Celestia and let's see where it goes. Yeah. And you know what? It was a lot of. It was a lot of dudes. You just got you just got good quality creatures. Classic Celestia. Classic Celestia. I drafted Celestia in my second draft. Yes. And the only deck I lost to was a better Celestia deck. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Very fun. Convoke. Obviously yes. dumb in some instances. Is it? Is very fun in draft. Yes, great. A plus, and I I played across from is it a couple of times. Got killed out of nowhere. Yeah, it seems like if you just want to do shenanigans and have fun, it feels exactly how is it should feel. Yeah, you know what I mean. Shenanigans. Shenanigans. I also drafted Demir. Ooh, spooky. Because not necessarily because I'm like a Demir player naturally in my DNA, but I saw people playing it and they seem to be having the time of their freaking lives. That's how I felt when I was playing it. I was just like, let's do all of these weird things. It's got great removal. Surveil is excellent. It's so good. It's uh, so good. I uh, D- Demir was just, just so fun. Yeah. And uh, nobody, I didn't see anybody play Golgari, so yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Remains to we'll be see seen. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, those are our quick early first impressions of the first drafts that we've done. But again, Judge Rob coming on to give us a deep dive on rules and card interactions. That's uh, right. Later in the episode. Before we go any further, we need to stop and oh, thank right. two sets of people. The very first are anyone who's a patron of the show. Yes. If you're out there and you're a patron. Thank you so much for making what we do possible. Really, for as little as five dollars a month you're keeping this show alive you're keeping us alive accurate yeah you literally feed us and That's clothe right. us and buy us medicine when we're sick these Megan, lights that are on you survived from last week to this week because of our patrons hello everyone i am happy to be back <laughs> somebody said your voice sounded like the uh, npr host on delicious dish on snl wow and i was Do like you know what that's a great compliment uh, thank you <laughs> Uh, anyways, it really does mean the world to us. So if you have not yet become a patron uh, and you've got five bucks a month to spare, please, it really would mean so, so much to us. And it only takes just like a couple of minutes to sign up. And then boom, you're done. We send you a thank you because we appreciate it so, so much. And next time that you hear this segment, you can be like, that's, That's me. me. And you know what? Just a real quick pitch is um, there's been, you know, some negativity and yeah. down feeling in the magic community lately. And I hope that you value positivity and fun in the game of magic. And I feel like you do if you're listening to yeah. this show. Which is what we're bringing you. And that's what we want to bring you. But you know what? Sometimes these days those buckets are heavy. Yeah. Because we're putting a lot in them <laughs> to make up for the stuff that's not in other people's buckets. What are you trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> 
Are you saying that it's heavy to lift the positivity when people are putting so much negativity in buckets? Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like if the negativity is like it. mud that the bucket is stuck in and we're having to exert a lot of effort to pull that bucket of positivity out of the mud of negativity. So like if that's something that's important to you, you know, it's like vote with your dollars or whatever what they yeah. say. So I'm just going to put that out there. Big thanks, of course, to Card Kingdom, another wonderful sponsor of the show who, you know, lives that positivity thing as well. Yes. They've got a charity tournament coming up. So I encourage you to check out for, for that on social media. We would be there. Unfortunately, yes. we can't because we have pr uh, prior commitments, but a lot of the other Card Kingdom affiliate partners will be there working at this charity tournament and it's going to be a lot of fun. So watch it. Yes. Donate, support them. And so many people, I've just been seeing so many great tokens that they've been made oh, for people yes. on special requests recently. Absolutely. Like what a lovely gesture. Yeah, I agree. Well, what a great thing. Support Card Kingdom, and you can do that by going to cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. All right, everybody, it's time for some magic news before we pull Judge Robin here. He's sitting in the corner, and I have a rope attached to his feet, and I'll drag him in once it's time. Wow, I just want to make clear that that is not, in fact, the case, because that sounds <laughs> terrible. That is heinous treatment of a judge. Do not hog tie your judges and no. drag them when you need questions answered. No, never. <laughs> just this put is a terrible conversation. Put your hand up and say judge. Yes. You know what I mean? The best way to get a judge is to put your hand up and say judge. We All can't right. say that strongly enough. Fine. Okay. All right. Item number one is the world championship. That's right. It Yay. happened this past weekend. Um, as many people <laughs> pointed out, I did ha I did call correctly who would win. You did. My pick of Javier Dominguez. Yes. But I think I still lost our bet of who has yeah. overall more points. We did not officially tabulate it, but I don't think we need no. to. Maria has like three of the other people. And the <laughs> thing is, is that on Saturday... I texted Maria and I was like, early call, Javier wins the whole thing, but I still lose sock bet. <laughs> That's what you said. And I think you that is in fact that. the case. That's accurate. So we'll see. I don't know. My feet are feeling pretty cold, Megan. <laughs> but huge congratulations to Javier Dominguez. Yes. Like watching, watching him win because all weekend he was like so... He was so stoic about it almost. He was just like, everyone's just like, oh, did you come back wanting to do one better? And he's like, I'm I, just here. I'm to, just here exactly, to play. Like I'm playing. And it seemed like he took his whole year that way, right? Of yeah. like, I'm round just by round. here to play the best I can one round, one event at a time. Absolutely. But then watching him win, oh. he was just like, he was so happy. It was emotional it was like everything that yeah. had pent up in him since last year yes. just escaped oh. in that moment it was like it was beautiful i know watch, I, like honestly still thinking back on it it was just like one of the most oh. awesome moments i've personally witnessed yeah for someone I'm so like, much hard work so oh. much finally pay off to get yes. second place last year and come back and win it all this year and like what an amazing story we haven't like i don't yeah. think we've seen that yet from someone who was just like oh i came so close last year and then just comes back so the like, next you year and like i'll just I come got back it. next year it yeah. is so difficult to get to this tournament. Yes. There's only 24 spots I know. in the whole world. Oh, so congratulations to <laughs> him. It was really amazing. Well-deserved Yes, as well. Um, yeah, so that happened. I just want to briefly touch on, um, we were talking about judges. Yes. Ken Yukihiro's disqualification at Worlds. Yes. Was very sad. It was. You never like to see that happen. No. Um, but I just want to mention it because of the way that he reacted once it happened. Yes. I think is a good like learning. He showed moment. like a lot of grace. Yes. About it. Of just like, do you know what? Yes. Yeah. I did. 
I'm like, I'm sorry. So I what, shouldn't have. What <laughs> happened is he had fa- failed to de-sideboard. Yes. Going into another game. And he drew a card that is pretty obviously in his sideboard. It was a diamond mare. He was yes. playing mono blue, which <sighs> yeah. I was so happy about. It was Thank so you. great. <laughs> um, and he held it in his hand a turn um, and then called the judge on himself the following turn. Yeah. And I believe the reason was he was he thought he would get a game loss. Yeah. Which is not the case, PSA. Yeah. If because you notice this. it is easy to distinguish. The way it works is Diamond Mare is a card that's not split between his sideboard and mainboard. Um, so he it's easy to be like, yep, this is definitely a sideboard card. You get a warning for it. Yep. Um, if it's, it's more difficult, if you can't, if it's a card where it's like you have two in your sideboard and two in your main and you fail to decideboard, that's more, that's when yeah. you get a how game loss because yeah. it's like, how do you know which, which card that was? Exactly. Yeah. And so he was way ahead on board and thought he was going to win, you know, and then his conscience came a knocking and was yes. like, you need to tell a judge. Uh, the judge was standing right there. He told the judge he failed to decideboard, but he had concealed it for a turn and yeah. he caught And the judge it. knew that yeah. he had concealed it for a turn, right. which was the issue at hand, not the, yeah, correct. Not the situation at, on its like face, which is just like he failed to decideboard that he concealed it. Yeah. He um, tweeted out something that I thought was really nice. Yeah. After this happened, because obviously this is a huge crushing blow. He goes home with nothing. Yeah. Zero pro point zero dollars. And he said, my heart was weak and I got the punishment I deserved. I know. And so I think that, you know, this is never a situation you want ever to happen in your life. And hopefully you'll never be tempted to do the same thing. But if it ever is, I can't imagine a better way to deal with it than Ken did. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. We learned the, um, hall of fame class we of this did. year, we did. which is going to be Seth Manfield and Lee Shi Tian. Congratulations, Congratulations to, to both of them. Two. Very exciting. Impressive careers. Yes. For both of those. Um, Chris Pakula with something like 46% of the vote. Yeah. So we, every year, <laughs> every we'll year keep we're pulling, pulling for, for him. <laughs> we will keep working for it. Yeah. So obviously one of the big stories of the weekend was Jerry T's boycott. Um, since he did touch on coverage in that, we'll talk more about it at length later yeah. because obviously it has like personal, like more personal impact on us. And I think honestly, than I think a lot of people initially realized. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Um, so yeah, more, more, more on that later, later. <laughs> um, but I think we both came out of it really wanting to highlight Javier's win. Yeah. Just because I don't, I would hate for that to ever get overshadowed because again, like I said, just watching that moment for him, I was, I was so happy for him. Like it was, it was amazing to witness that moment for someone. Absolutely. He was so ecstatic. It was great. And you could see it on his face. So if you haven't watched it, highly recommend go back and and watch the finals or actually even in the semis, the first pair of semifinals was excellent magic too. Yep, so. it really was. So that's a whole huge item number one. <laughs> <laughs> item number two is yeah. the fact that now anybody very soon can play Arena in open beta. Wow. That's so exciting. I know. That's Thursday. 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 This week you can play. Thursday. 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 <laughs> We're selling As cars. the saying goes. Yeah. Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. You can download and uh, play Arena just like everybody else if you haven't been able to get your hands on a beta code yet. And we're going to celebrate this with on Wednesday 
there's going to be like 500 streamers or something Holy streaming arena. cow. It's nuts. And so yeah. you can watch everybody play. We're going to have all of the cards yeah. from the new set to brew with. Neat. Oh, buddy. So get ready for a sweet life gain horse deck. Just That's, kidding. That's Oh, not. man, I wish. <laughs> That's going to be over at twitch.tv slash GLHF magic. Yeah, so go. go give us a follow, follow if you haven't boop. already. Yeah. And check out our stream on Wednesday as well as, you know, you know, 499 yeah. other ones. If you want. So that's pretty cool. Um, Item number three. Number three. Uh, you can now, or you're soon going to be able to buy uh, boxes directly through Amazon. Yes. Here's what we have to say about that. Don't. Don't. Go to your LGS <laughs> and buy from them. Yeah, that's, that's what we'll be doing. We know a lot of wonderful LGSs. Um, their margins are already really difficult on boxes. Um, and there's, like, honestly, okay, you can get it for, for cheaper on Amazon probably. That's but like think about what it's doing for your community, like for small business owners. um, That's certainly a value that we have is to support stronger communities and small local businesses and just just do it. That's just our personal. If you want to have a place to go and play magic, you need to show up there when you're not just playing magic, when you're buying the stuff that you use to play. Absolutely. So well said. And that's your week in magic news. (laughs) Wow. It's time for Guilds of Ravnica pre-release primer. That's right. And for that primer, we have brought in our usual expert. I was, you know what, that doesn't, I was trying to say something like, you know, like our, our astounding expert. But our said, resident Our resident. Judge. Resident is that word judge, I was looking judge for. Judge in residence. Yes. Judge in residence. It's Judge Rob! Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Didn't see oh, you there, Rob. Yeah. What are you reading? The God Engines by John Scalzi. It's quite good. Uh, this is actually a special limited edition my sister got for my birthday a while back for me. Oh, uh, that's so nice. Yeah. What uh, What guild are you? Can I guess? Uh, sure. I'm going to guess. What's your guess? Well, we said he was Azorius because he's a judge. Oh, yeah. But is he, is it? Is that? Are you being racist against judges? <laughs> wow. Gildas? You're being gildist against Very judges? Very gildist. Yeah, I, I'm Celestia. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You're like a teacher. Yeah, I'm very community-minded. I mean, I that's, was, that's this is the regional coordinator shirt. So Yeah. You I are was, the regional I was not even in a in a correct color pair well, you were at cool. all. You were, you were halfway there. Azorius is white. And well, Maria said Azorius. I oh, said is it, said which is was it. just completely wrong. I mean, I have some exciting is it cards that I'm really excited about. Yay! <laughs> Uh, so speaking of being community minded. Yeah, um, I want to get on a soapbox because I'm going to start doing this at the start of shows. I did this a little bit last time, too. Uh, so my pre-rule soapbox is being awesome to other people at pre-releases. At especially at pre-releases are at regular rules enforcement level. Uh, there's in magic tournaments, there's three rules enforcement levels. There's professional pro tours and worlds. Uh, day two of Grand Prix competitive. If you go to a PPTQ at your store, you'll be playing competitive. Uh, if you go to a Grand Prix, you'll be playing competitive. Uh, every other event that you're in is going to be regular rules enforcement level. And regular rules enforcement level is like 98% of all tournaments. It's almost everything we do in organized play. It's almost everything you do at a store level. It is the the relaxed, fun, casual, get to jam magic with your friends and have it be recorded rules enforcement. And it's got a secret thing. You're collaborating with the other player playing the game. You want like a platonic ideal game of magic. You want this game of magic to be a cube with no features. That the You're which, a cube with no features. <laughs> Why, thank you. I, I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, 
So you want to win. You want to play a game of magic where sometimes you'll make strategic mistakes, but both of you, sh- both you and your opponent want to try to prevent rules mistakes and try to make the game as, as honest and open as possible. Uh, and the stakes are, are really low. Usually like at the local stores that I play at uh, pre-releases are a pack per win. That's about as low as you can get for a stake in a game. Unless and it's actual stakes, in which case I would argue the stakes are actually higher because yeah. I like a good steak. Yes. Yeah. At, at, at $4 MSRP, that's a, that's a real medium steak. <laughs> uh, and so you... Do, do not eat that steak. <laughs> it's not a steak. Yeah. Do not eat a steak. Yeah. That is $4. Uh, don't. Yeah. So uh, you're collaborating with your opponent to try to play a good game of magic. And especially at pre-releases, sometimes they will make... That they will do things and then immediately want to undo them or undo them very shortly because they realize they didn't understand how their cards or your cards worked. At a pre-release, let them. Like, I, I, I know I don't know all the cards. I read the set four or five times and I have to read my opponent's cards at every pre-release all the time. And so, it, like, and I'm an, I'm an outlier that, can, it, that, like, that, like, matches Louis Scott Vargas at Let's Stump Vargas, Right. Ooh, nice. Like I, I actually can beat him some rounds, which is nice. I believe it. Um, but the but the point being is that I don't know all the cards. You've played the set twice already. You said. I don't know them. And no, you, you no don't way. know them. You're going to go to the pre-release and you're going to ask to read the cards. Uh, help out your opponent. Help them play more fun magic because you're you're collaborating to make a fun game because the game doesn't work if it doesn't have multiple players in it. So Aww. great PSA. Yeah, that's, we that's endorse this PSA. Yeah. Stamp of approval, GLHF, boom, yeah. put it on there. All right, so what we're going to start with is general mechanics notes for each of the guilds yep. to refresh you or to introduce you to some of them if you haven't heard of them or go a little deeper if you need that. And the first one we're going to start with is Convoke from Celestia because it's coming back. Yeah, it's the returning mechanic. Uh, well, one of the returning mechanics. We have another one coming back. But uh, Convoke is the Celestia mechanic, and it's the same from the original Ravnica. Uh, you can tap creatures to help pay for your spells with Convoke. So we're going to look at Venerated Loxodon. Venerated Loxodon is a 4-4 for white and 4. He's an elephant cleric. He has Convoke. Your creatures can help cast this spell. Uh, White creatures will help you cast the white mana symbol, and anything can be used to cast the generic mana. And uh, Venerated Loxodon also says, when it enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature that convoked it. This card's great. This card's real good. Uh, the, The thing with Convoke is it is actually paying for the spell. So you can you you can pay the cost by tapping the creatures. It doesn't reduce the cost of the spell. It used to. If you only played original Ravnica and you haven't played since then, it used to be a cost reducer. It, now it is actually paying for it. Uh, that means for Venerated Loxodon, notably, you can't overtap. You can't tap six or eight creatures. You can only tap five creatures to cast the Venerated Loxodon. Oh, weird. You used to be able to do that? Yeah, you used to be able to reduce the spell's cost down because Convoke used to reduce the cost of the spell. So you could reduce it by like seven or eight mana. I mean, you're still only paying zero, uh, but that changed. Uh, what the last time they, they did convoke, which was in a core set, um, M13, I think, or was that Bloodthirst? That was uh, convoke was in like M15, right? M15. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. In some M's. It was yeah. before oranges, so that would be M15. Yeah. Uh, so it, um, it changed when it came out in that core set and changed to actually paying for the spell, uh, which for those of you who play modern lets you cast through Trinisphere, which is nice. Um, All right. Good to know. We're going to jump to Undergrowth, the Golgari mechanic. They like yes. dead people. They like dead things. In this case, it's people, but oftentimes it's just things. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, how much creepier of a film The Sixth Sense would have been if <laughs> instead the line was, I, I like dead people? 
<laughs> just want you all to entertain that, that thought about the sixth sense. Judge Rob, you can continue. <laughs> that, that seems my like, brain was trying to get there, but it couldn't. Thank you for yeah. the help. So no uh, undergrowth uh, is an ability word. We've talked about this a couple times. If you aren't familiar with them, ability words are basically flavor text. They tell you uh, the upcoming thing is going to be like all the other stuff that has this this ability word on it, but they don't actually mean anything on their own. You could ignore the word if you don't care. You could just read the text of the card. Uh, so let's look at Lotleth Giant. He has undergrowth. Uh, Lotleth Giant is a 6-5 for black and 6. He's a zombie giant. Uh, undergrowth. When Lotleth Giant enters the battlefield, it deals 1 damage to target opponent for each creature card in your graveyard. The thing that undergrowth is signaling is that it's going to care about the number of creature cards in your graveyard. And that might reduce the cost. It might determine the size of an effect. It might determine like how many cards you draw from a thing. Uh, the, the thing to know with undergrowth is it's a little bit different on every card. For most of the cards, it determines the number at the time the spell resolves or at the time the trigger resolves. So Lotleth Giant is a trigger. When he enters the battlefield, this trigger goes in the stack. When that trigger resolves, he figures out how many cards, creature cards are in your graveyard to deal damage. So you can do something fancy like sacrifice him to something so that he'll count him himself when Weird. he's in the graveyard. Yep. I just like the visual of Lotleth Giant trying to figure anything out. Yes. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> just like he's there like counting and he's like, hold on. Hold on. One, one second. Two. Two. Three. He has a little abacus. Four. Okay. He has all of his fingers on one hand. We don't know how many fingers he has left Unknown. on the other hand. That's yeah. true. That's true. He could use his rib bones to count though. Oh. That wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. One. <laughs> All right, next up is Surveil, which... Surveil, Super Scribes, sweet. the Demir mechanic. Super uh, So the Demir are a little bit retconned in this set. They don't. They aren't the guild that nobody knows exists. They're the Secret Assassin Spies and Couriers Guild, which is probably Wait, wait, wait. Correct. Originally, nobody knew the Demir existed? In original Ravnica, they were... Everybody talked about nine guilds. There's a whole bunch of, like... <laughs> there's a whole bunch of flavor text that talk about, like... There are, there are nine guilds in a legend of a 10th house Demir. That's cool. Wow. That's awesome. I didn't so, ever, I did not know that. Yeah, they were the, they were the secret guild. And then during, uh, it, during Return to Ravnica, they became much more visible because they needed to do the implicit maze and do all this like visible stuff. And then in this one, they're just like, you know what? We need a, a guild of courier spies and assassins. We're I guess here. we're out. You know we're what? here. <laughs> <laughs> we exist. Yeah. Uh, so they, they also retconned a little bit. Demir used to be about mill. Now it's about milling yourself, which is fine. Uh, so d- d- surveil is super scry, as I mentioned. Uh, normally with scry, you get to look at the top cards of your library, put some on top, some on bottom. Demir's surveil will let you put those ones in your graveyard instead of putting them on the bottom. You put some on the top and some in your graveyard. Uh, and it'll be just a number. It's phrased the same way. It's, it's a keyword action in the technical sense. Um, so... The, I'm going to look at Dream Eater here. Dream Eater is a, it's a 4-3 for blue, blue, and 4, Nightmare Sphinx. It has flash. It has flying. And it has some of the and, scariest, creepiest art. Oh, man. Happen. Beard face. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a Nightmare Sphinx. With, the art is perfect for Nightmare oh, Sphinx. Uh, when Dream Eater enters the battlefield, surveil 4. When you do, you may return target non-land permanent and opponent controls to its owner's hand. Uh, to, so... To surveil four on this, you'll look at your top four cards, you put any number in your graveyard, put the rest back on top in any order, and then you'll, this has what's called reflexive trigger, which we'll talk about more later, but then after you're done doing that, you get to uh, bounce a permanent. Sweet. Um, I had this card in a draft, can confirm, 
Sweet. This card's amazing. <laughs> like, you're in step, bounce your best permanent, make a 4-3 flyer. Also get to smooth my next draw so they're all action. I, like oh, Surveil the, four. <laughs> four! That's so many cards. Uh, the one relevant thing about Surveil, all the those cards go to the graveyard at the same time. You'll pick the order that they go to the graveyard for th- stuff that matters in old formats, uh, but it's all one going to the graveyard event. Uh, <laughs> I've had I've, I've had questions. Sidisi Brood Tyrant from Cons of Tarkir says, yeah. whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from your library, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. If you surveil four, see four creatures and dump them all in your graveyard, Sidisi gives you one token. Ah, yeah. I see. Uh, so uh, it's, it's just one thing that's happening. You know, I heard that the original... Um, title to the song Thriller was one going to the graveyard event. <laughs> Michael Jackson was truly ahead of his time. He really was. I made a Facebook event. It's um, it's my going to the graveyard You're event. Going to the graveyard We're going to do event. some like grave rubbings and whatever. It's just one though. It's not just one of those one ones where it's multi events. No, no, no. It's just no, no. a just single one. going yeah. to the graveyard event. No, I need to do one thing really quick. Um. Don't worry about it. I'm going to tell a story about this next guild in which I made my greatest joke of all time on coverage when I said when I was introducing these mechanics I was like and up next a mechanic I'm very familiar with living in Minnesota with a car in winter it's jumpstart yep <laughs> I did jumpstart my electric car recently what Aww. did you know that, that they have a 12 volt battery to control their internal their it, all the all the internal stuff every no. electric car does and so like all the inter- normal electronics like your it would stereo go but none of the other no, stuff would no, work? No, no, no. I turned oh, it on okay. and every light came on and it, it like it had 15 warnings, including check propulsion system. And Ooh, like, that sounds it, like something I in a like, spaceship. Yeah, exactly. It was like uh, roadside assistance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, jumpstart, the, the is it mechanic from the set. Uh, it is. It, so retrace and flashback. They hung a lot, a lot of, during their tutoring session in college. They ended up getting a place together. But afterwards, they broke up. <laughs> Uh, Retrace ended up raising a little jumpstart to be just as weird as his estranged dad. Aw, cute. Uh, So Retrace is, you you can cast this from your graveyard by discarding a land in addition to its cost. Uh, And Retrace exiles this card if it would go to the graveyard, or not if it would go to the graveyard, if it would go anywhere but exile, just like Flashback does. Uh, So if you've ever interacted in Modern with Flashback and Remand, uh, Remand tries to return it, counter target spell, return it to its owner's hand. Uh, if you retrace a card and it gets remanded, then it goes to exile because it's going anywhere but exile. Uh, this is this is not currently relevant in standard because failure is rotating, uh, but it might be. It <laughs> might be God. relevant. Well, I've been losing all a lot of games. a long time for <laughs> failure to rotate. <laughs> uh, so let's look at a retrace card or at a jumpstart card. Uh, Beacon Bolt is a sorcery for red, blue, one. Uh, Beacon Bolt deals damage to target creature equal to the total number of instant and sorcery cards you own in exile and in your graveyard. And then it just says the word jumpstart with a reminder of how jumpstart works. Uh, you may cast this card from your graveyard by discarding a card in addition to paying its other costs. Then exile this card. Um, if you're used to retrace, it's not just a land, it's any card on Beacon Bolt. Um, and you can apply alternative costs for things that care about alternative costs. Um, if you have something that says you may... Uh, you may discard a card that shares a color with this instead of it's paying its mana cost. You can do that. Great. Uh, you still have to discard another card in order to jumpstart it, though. You jump just start, replace the mana cost. Very straightforward. 
it, but, you know, the least straightforward mechanic in the set is actually it, it actually might be the case. It's got a lot of weird stuff going on because we've never had alternative cost sable to be cast from things from the graveyard before. Oh, yeah, like uh, flashback. You could only use the flashback. Yeah, you cost. could you could only pay That's the flashback true. cost. So if you had dream halls with a flashback card, you couldn't pitch a card to dream halls to flashback your card. With with uh, jumpstart, you can, and then you have to discard another card as well. This is something that I noticed when I was playing with Is It um, that I kind of kept my cards with Jumpstart, you know, a little mm -hmm. bit separate from the rest of my graveyard, so I remembered they were there. Uh, one thing that if you are willing to set your XL separately, a lot of people turn their XL sideways. Uh, but what you can do is you can just set your XL totally separately and then turn your your yeah, Jumpstart you card sideways. Yeah, uh, like you could do that with Aftermath, which is a really good marker for Aftermath, and this works the same way. Uh, then uh, the Boros mechanic. Mentor. This is the one that I'm nervous about, Rob. This is the one we're participating in right now. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Nice. Uh, you both have a lesser power than me. Wow. 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 Sick burns. Ooh. Now I have to choose which one of you to target, though. <laughs> so, Mentor, uh, the Boros mechanic. Uh, mentor is whenever this creature attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on target attacking creature with lesser power. Uh, we look at Goblin Banneret. It's a 1-1 one, one for single red. Uh, creature Goblin Soldier, Mentor. Red and 1, Goblin Banneret gets plus 2, plus 0 until end of turn. Uh, so this is a when it attacks trigger. So Goblin Banneret, uh, when it attacks, if there's something out that is lesser power that's also attacking, it gets to target it, and then the counter goes on during the resolution to the trigger. It needs the creature to have lesser power at the time the tr trigger goes in the stack and at the time it resolves. For Goblin Banneret here, you should pump it before you declare attackers. Right, so I can attack with it and then play my Sure Strike or whatever it is in this set. Yeah, if you tar try to target something, if it's a, if a zero power creature is attacking along with it, which is which is actually possible in this set, uh, then you could target it. But you could Sure you could uh, pump it before combat, like with its ability, in order to get a one-one targeted. This is what this came up actually in the mm -hmm. Team Series Championship finals and uh i can't remember who did it but they but they did a sure strike which is plus three plus one yep. on their creatures specifically to let it mentor onto a bigger creature yep but you have to do that before you declare attackers uh it, you it, yes if you if they're the same size before attackers would happen. okay great. Uh, that's why i picked goblin banneret i think goblin banneret's actually really badly designed um i i would i would propose that this card should say activate this ability as a sorcery it's it's pump ability it should be yeah, worse i I feel like people are going to attack yep. and mm -hmm. then and then pump it and it's going to yep. be too late. Yep. Uh which is which is really frustrating because there yep. there's two creatures That's gonna, yeah. there's two creatures that can pump themselves in order to turn on mentor and they both should just say activate this ability only as a sorcery. People will go, "But it's worse." And you go, "I don't care." <laughs> this way people this way aren't going to mess it up. It's not going to be like right. so yeah. messed up. Okay, so let's yeah. just think of it. I'm going to think of it like crewing. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm yeah, going to do. It's, it's basically the same as crewing. You you technically have a chance during the beginning of combat step before you declare attackers. It doesn't gain you anything to wait until that point. Just pump it during your main phase. You actually, if your opponent then tries to kill it, you have the ability to cast a haste creature, which is what you wanted anyways. So, uh, yeah, uh, be careful with these. Uh, and the other returning mechanic, which is kind of a mechanic, split cards. Split cards yeah. are back. Uh, I'm actually really sad about these because they... They have really bad naming conventions. <laughs> the first this was one where everyone was just like, "What's going on?" Yeah, we we wanted yeah. to know, but it was it, just the so first the letters. the the naming convention for split cards, the the X or Y convention. It was actually one of the scarcest naming resources in Magic. 
Uh, like you can think of there's only so many names that you can have on magic cards, right? Especially yeah. one word names. Correct. And these actually eat the whole one word name pool <laughs> in exchange for not That's not using true. their other scarce pool. And I'm like, what? why did you do that? Okay. It, whatever, guys. Like you burnt, you burnt invert and invent on invert, invert or invent. Uh, and I'm going to run down these cards really quick. Uh, invert is an instant for a hybrid blue or red. And it has zero day errata, so I'm going to tell you what it actually <laughs> says in Oracle. Okay. Uh, switch the power and toughness of each of up to two target creatures until end of turn. It doesn't say until end of turn on the card. Uh, it's also a very confusing card because it doesn't mean take these two creatures and exchange what's on them. It means take the numbers on those creatures and switch them in like in The place. power and toughness, yeah. right? Yeah. If, you, if you have a 2-3 and a 4-2, then they'll end up being a 3-2 and a 2-4. Yes. Uh, and that's switch in place they'll keep their own like they switch the power and toughness within the creature i saw this and my first thought was this is in this is insanity i mean is and i started to think about arena and i'm like well of course it's fine on something like arena because then it's permanent and just sticks yeah. there but what are we going to do in real life is there going to be like a counter <laughs> that comes yeah, no. a pack that we can put on it no. to know how we switch nope. it they just they just missed it whoops they, okay. they do this every once in a while um i would say that approximately one set in six they miss something and have zero day errata at this point i uh, like which means once a year now, which is awkward. But uh, so uh, invent is a uh, red, blue four, also an instant search your library for an instant card. <laughs> I'm going to turn my head on my side because I didn't rotate the image for an instant, for an instant card and or a sorcery card, reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle your library. Uh, this is an actually better fire minds foresight, uh, which is awkward. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it, Rob. Fireman's uh, Foresight searches for a one, a two, and a three. Oh, okay. Ooh. Uh, at seven mana. Oh. Uh, it, 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 this is just better than that. So I know you said, like, you are, like, the naming is sad, but I do love, like, the design of these split yeah. cards where it's, like, it's hybrid mana on the, yeah. like, on the cheaper, but, like, yeah. very, like, I less powerful. I hadn't actually noticed that. Yeah. And then it's always, dual, like, both mana yep. on the more powerful and more expensive side. Yeah. Uh, and... The so like the left side is always going to be hybrid. The right side is always going to be traditional multicolor. Yeah, and I think that that's just like really slick and plays yep. so nicely into the different kinds of cards that we see in guilds because we do see hybrid and we do see gold cards. And yep. it's so cool to me to like look at yeah. this one design card and be like, we see it all right here in this yes. little package. Uh, and for for rules geeks, there's a handful of things that are going to be relevant about these. Uh, when on the stack, it only has the set of characteristics of the side that you chose. Yes. So this is just invert if you choose to invert on and the stack. And it costs one mana. Yeah, one mana of either red or blue that you paid. Uh, when not on the stack, it, they have this, the, everything is just smashed together for all the characteristics. This is an instant instant. There's some that are two different types, instant sorceries. Yeah. Uh, and it has all of the mana symbols and both of the names. Yeah. Uh, and the so that means that it has a converted mana cost of seven in your library for things that matter. Uh, and so the for... Some things are going to care about this kind of stuff. So just be aware. But it's still only one card in your graveyard for for things like we, we talked about the beacon above a couple ago. The the beacon bolt only counts this as a single instant or sorcery gotcha. because it's just one physical card. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. There you go. There's that, your yeah, that's wow. mechanics. Well, those are mechanics rundown. Yep. I'm excited. Not bad. Yeah. I'm so excited. Single card notes, then. All right. What do you got for us, Rob? So, uh, 
I'm going to start with the, with the commons and work my way up to the rares this time. All right. Uh, so oh. we're going to we're going to start with a of the straightforward seeming common uh, capture sphere. Uh, it's an it's an aura for blue and three. It's got flash enchant creature. When it enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature. An enchanted creature doesn't untap during its controller's untap step. I played this that card. That seems very yeah. straightforward to it, me. It's very straightforward, very neat. The thing to note is is actually less a rules thing and more like a tournament policy thing. Uh, that that when it enters the battlefield, tap enchanted creature is a trigger. That is something that you can miss in a tournament setting. Uh, we have special uh, rules for triggers on auras that just impact the permanent, like that they come onto like this, uh, which is that they don't expire. So if you're at a PPTQ and you call over a judge and say, hey, I played Capture Sphere on their end step. We went to my turn and I drew a card and realized that we realized that we never had him tap his creature. Uh, they're just going to do that. They're going to have that trigger happen. Uh, so you, if you mess this up at a PPTQ, don't worry about it. Like you, you missed it, but it's still going to end up happening. Great. Uh, Good reminder. Yeah, something relevant. Your opponent, your opponent can't just say, ha ha, you missed it. So my creature gets to be untapped <laughs> and block your guys. Uh, uh, my next card, I picked it because it has the best name in the set. I don't think it's close. Wow. Uh, Cosmotronic Wave. It's a sorcery for red and three. Cosmotronic Wave deals one damage to each creature your opponent's control. And creatures your opponent's control can't block this turn. Uh, the trick with Cosmotronic Wave is... It doesn't lock in the set of things that can't block when it resolves. It just says that your opponent's creatures can't block at all. So it's going to deal some damage to some things. They might flash in it like that Sphinx, that 4-3. Uh, they're like, oh, now I can block. Yep, it's no, like, they can't. No. no. Uh, so so be aware that if they try to flash in a creature or animate a land or something, then their creature still won't be able to block if they if you cast Cosmotronic Wave this turn. I can't believe you said that's the best Sorry, card in the set. Sorry, Nightmare Sphinx. <laughs> When Hypothesizzle is up next. It's the, it's, hypothesizzle. Yeah, Hypothesizzle. It's the it's the name honorable mention. I put them next to each other specifically so I could say that Hypothesizzle is worse. Uh, <laughs> wow. Holy moly. Hot, maybe, I have opinions. Maybe the hottest take we will ever have on this podcast. Yeah, I'm a, I feel like I got a tan over here. Yep. So uh, Hypothesizzle is an instant for uh, red, blue, three. Uh, it says draw two cards. Then you may discard a non-land card. When you do, Hypothesis will deal four damage to target creature. Ah, yes. This is bizarre. This is something yes. new, right, Rob? Uh, this is a reflexive trigger, which uh, is something that has just been happening lately and I think is a great addition to magic. Uh, Hypothesis will, you, you'll do this stuff in order. You'll draw two. Then you may discard a card. You can choose not to. And then if you do discard a card, it generates a trigger. You pick the target after you get to see the two cards that you draw and after you, after you discard. Uh, the triggered ability is separate from the spell Hypothesis uh, in the past, you would have had to target the creature up front, and then they could have bounced their own creature and countered your spell. Uh, Hypothesis doesn't work that way, unlike every other card like this in the history of Magic. Uh, it's actually super sweet that you get all the information before you have to make choices about the target for Hypothesis. Yeah, I love yeah. this card. It's just, and it's also excellent, and the yes. art is really cool. Oh, the so art is great. good. I love uh, the It's art. traditional art, actually, um, and I know the person who bought it. Uh, and it's like, really? It's a, it's a big piece. It's like this big. Wow. <laughs> oh, cool. Um, so uh, I want to talk about Urban Utopia next. Uh, Urban Utopia is an aura. Uh, it's for green and one enchant land. When Urban Utopia enters the battlefield, draw a card. I like that text. Uh, enchanted land has tap at one mana of any color. Uh, so uh, this is not in addition to what the land does. This is instead yes. of what the land does. This you can, is very important. Yeah, this is very important. Uh, contrast this to a card like Fertile Ground that says whenever the land is tapped for mana, add one mana. 
of any color. Uh, Urbina Utopia gives it a separate ability from yeah, its other ability. That's a good reminder because I think yeah. I might have thought it did the other thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, this would be incredible. I would, would play this in modern. Super good. Like I, I would, I would actually play this in modern. All with you Arbor little Ponza players, yeah. I see you. Well, no, it, like I've contemplated Fertile Ground, but it's really bad. If I get to draw a card for Fertile Ground, it'd be quite fine. You know what's so funny is I have a problem of thinking cards are much better until I actually <laughs> RTFC. You know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, vicious rumors are things you might hear about those cards that are worse than you think they are. <laughs> uh, vicious rumors is a sorcery for single black. Vicious rumors deals one damage to each opponent. Each opponent discards a card, then puts the top card of their library into their graveyard, and you gain one life. So with vicious rumors, the card is processed in order, and so it's going to do one damage to them, and then they're going to discard a card, and then they're going to they're going to mill a card. So they don't get to see that card that they mill before they decide what to discard. Uh, which is very relevant in a lot of circumstances. All right. Uh, Creeping Chill is my next one. Uh, I don't know how to spell on my header thing. Uh, Creeping Chill, uh, black and three sorcery. Creeping Chill deals three damage to each opponent, and you gain three life, which is Mm. fine, not very good. But when it's put into your graveyard from your library, you may exile it. If you do, it deals three damage to each opponent, you gain three life. So it gets its text if you mill it. That's pretty sweet. It's we talked okay. about, yeah, Maria, yeah, we talked talked about, about this. this. Yeah. Like, I appreciate this. Yeah. Uh, if you have not been playing for about a year, uh, Creeping Chill looks better than it is if you haven't played in it a little bit. Uh, the Planeswalker redirection rule was removed. So you used to be able to redirect damage dealt to opponents to their Planeswalkers. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to bring this up, especially with a card like Creeping Chill that looks like it's going to be able to kill Vraska. Can't kill Vraska. Sorry, uh, friend. Yep. It, things now, it, things now will say any target if they target planeswalkers, creatures, or players, or they'll say target planeswalker if they target planeswalkers. Uh, so this just hits your opponents and not their planeswalkers. Disinformation campaign yeah. from the Demir. Oh, yes, I like this card. Yeah, uh, it's an enchantment for black, blue, and one. When disinformation campaign enters the battlefield, you draw a card, and each opponent discards a card. Which I. I might just play that in limited anyways. <laughs> like, it's just fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And whenever you surveil, return disinformation campaign oh, to gosh. its owner's hand. Love it. So, this can get out of control very yes. easily. Uh, like, th- this is like, this is largely what I want to do in a blue-black ready deck. <laughs> uh, but the things to note, you can't elect not to return it. Uh, you must return this to your hand, which if your opponent's playing discard might be relevant to you. Uh, you can't hide it in the battlefield, surveil multiple times, and then pick it up on only the one of when you have some mana left. And it's after you finish surveilling, it returns to your hand. Uh, so you do all the surveil actions, make all the decisions, and then it's going to return afterwards. All the whenever you surveil triggers are the same way. After you get finished surveilling, that trigger happens. Gotcha. Um, and it's relevant. The when you surveil triggers are relevant for enhanced surveillance, which is a, actually another sweet name. Uh, blue and one enchantment. You may look at an additional two cards each time you surveil. Exile enhanced surveillance, shuffle your graveyard into your library. Try and mill me now, suckers! Yeah. Uh, so note the the additional two cards, you're not surveil- surveilling an extra time. It doesn't trigger the when you surveil triggers multiple times. Mm-hmm. It just makes your surveils better. You can surveil six with that Sphinx, which is Whew. seems... Uh, and I, I wanna, feel kind of dirty saying that, actually. And I, I want to point out, too, when it's like surveil two, that's only one instance mm-hmm. of surveil. It doesn't mean you're getting two instances yeah, exactly. of surveil for stuff that cares about that. Yeah, for for this disinformation campaign is a when you surveil trigger. doesn't matter how big the surveil is. It only triggers once. 
Uh, the other thing with enhanced surveillance, it says exile this, shuffle your graveyard in your library. This ability happen. You can only use it while it's on the battlefield. You can't do this from the graveyard. So if you get milled, <laughs> you can't you can't exile I, I this from, your from graveyard. my graveyard. Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, that would be that would be it would be a super dumb card if you could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the second ability only applies in the battlefield. Uh, Plague Crafter, uh, black and two, for a three-two human shaman. When Plague Crafter enters the battlefield, each player sacrifices a creature or planeswalker. Each player who can't discards a card. So they get the choice. They can sacrifice a creature or they can sacrifice a planeswalker. They must do one of that. You also have to do that. And then anybody who doesn't is going to be discarding a card. Uh, they can't elect not to. If they have a planeswalker, if their only thing is a planeswalker, sure. Plague Crafter is going to get it. Uh, Plague Crafter, if you don't have anything else, just gets himself most of the time. Uh, they can put the trigger in the stack, kill your plague crafter, and then force you to discard a card, which is like the worst of all possible worlds. Uh, <laughs> like I, I predict that I, I'm going to get blown up by this at least once in draft where I'm just like last card is a, or like I have one bomb left in my hand, yeah. play plague crafter to clear the way they respond with their last card being like a burn spell and they have no creatures. Like, I'll be uh, like, oh. did I just like three for one myself? What happened here? <laughs> How do we get here? Yeah. All I have to say is bye to fairy. Yep. Uh, so, Bounty of Might. Oh, this card is great. This template is incredible. I love it. Uh, this, is, this is actually a callback to Seeds of Strength from original Ravnica. Uh, green, green, four, uh, instant. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. Target creature gets plus three, plus three until end of turn. <laughs> Target creature gets plus three, plus Megan, three until end of turn. I think we have got turn. a scratch in our record. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. Nope, it just says that line three times. You can target the same thing three times if you want. You can give a single creature plus nine, plus nine. Uh, each instance of target can target the same thing repeatedly. If it said uh, if it said up to three target creatures each get plus three plus three until end of turn, you'd just give, be giving the bonus to three things. You know what? A lot of people might think that this looks very clunky on the card, but I'm here to say that it is extremely clear. There is, like, I don't feel like there's any way that you can mess this up. Uh, yeah, the, the, it looks great. The rules actually changed for Seeds of Strength in original Ravnica so that they could use this template at the time. They, they were fixing Bounty of the Hunt from Alliances, which is a card nobody ever cared about. Uh, and they said, oh, we could put that on a card. And they just did. And Seeds of Strength just has target creature gets plus one, plus one until end of turn three times. Oh, okay. And they're just like, well, how do we do that? Do one better? Go up to three. Yeah, yeah. I okay, love it. Great. Big fan. Yeah, kill you. Uh, nine damage. Instant. Uh, yeah. Uh, Charnel Troll. Uh, Charnel Troll is a troll. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why it's, I don't know why it should be a troll skeleton. I'm actually kind of disappointed. <laughs> like, no, seriously. Because it's Golgari? Kind of, yeah, Golgari Grave Troll's a troll skeleton. Why isn't oh, this a troll skeleton? Okay. Uh, green, black, one for a four, four with trample. Yes. Nice. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile a creature card from your graveyard. If you do, put a plus one, plus one counter on Charnel Troll. Otherwise, sacrifice it. Wow. Charnel Troll must eat the dead. <laughs> He has no I options. must eat the dead. Yes. Creepy. Imagine how creepy the sixth sense would be <laughs> instead of I must eat the dead. Wow, okay. that movie anyway. would go a whole new level. Uh, I think that this is probably a. I, I like the, this. This somebody please no, make that I, graphic. I think, for no, us. no, no, no. I think I've seen this movie. I think it. Think. Didn't he? Didn't he have a brain with some some like some like wine and some 
fava oh, beans. Some fava yeah. beans. Yeah. yeah, I think you might be I right. Think, yeah. If not, right. we're going to write it. We'll win some kind of Oscar for it. It'll be fine. Jodie Foster, you're in it. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Great. Uh, Sorted. So, uh, the, the thing about Channel Troll is he has a, second, a third ability. Uh, black, green, and discard a creature card to put a plus one, plus one counter on Channel Troll. You can activate this ability in response to his trigger. So you go to your upkeep with nothing in your graveyard, stack the Charnel Troll trigger, and respond to it by paying two mana and discarding a creature card. Then his trigger resolves, and that's when he eats. So he would get two. Yep, he would get two. And uh, that's that's pretty good. You're, you're looking at a 6-6 six, six there. 6-6 uh, six, six Trampler. Oh, boy. Uh, I can see myself losing to this. Yep. I, I predict that I'm going to lose to this in non-zero amount of the time. Yeah, that's uh, really strong. Yep. Uh, so let's let's look at one of those split cards. Uh, Connive Concoct. Connive is a sorcery. It costs hybrid blue-black, hybrid blue-black, and two. Gain control of target creature with power two or less. Uh, so just connive on its own. Uh, you target a thing with power two or less through your sorcery. They can respond uh, and give it an additional power and put it up above, put it to three power. Sure strike can once I, again. Yeah, sure strike, and it'll be counter. Uh, concoct is black-blue three for, an, for a sorcery. Sa- surveil three. Then return a creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Concoct does not target. You can concoct with a giant thing in your graveyard. They can remove it in response. You get to surveil three, dump a thing into your graveyard, and reanimate it. It's real hard for them to stop you from just getting a solid creature out of concoct. Cool. This card's great. Yeah, this card's very powerful. Uh, It's just, both of these cards are very strange. Like, if you saw this in a normal set, you might need explanation for what's going on with them. (laughs) Uh, experimental frenzy. Oh boy, this oh, card. This card. Uh, red and three enchantment. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play the top card of your library. You can't play cards from your hand. Red and three destroy experimental frenzy. <laughs> love it. I this love is it. this is the isitist. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, the one thing to note with experimental frenzy, it says you can't play cards from your hand. You can play cards from your graveyard with jumpstart. All right. So, That's fair. Yep. It stops you from casting things that you draw. It doesn't stop you from casting things that you discard. So this card was experimented with by two different people on the coverage team this past weekend. It looks so powerful. Simon managed to mill himself with it. <laughs> <laughs> and Marshall died with it on the field while I swung in with Boros creatures. Yeah, well, that sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, like, it's future sight with a drawback. I mean, I'm going to put this in decks. This card is great, but it's very strange. It is really weird. I love it. I Um, love it. um, Ooh, I also played against this card, and it was brutal. Yeah. Midnight Reaper is a 3-2 zombie knight for black and two. Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, Midnight Reaper deals one damage to you, and you draw a card. This is everything that I want out of a black (laughs) creature. With one note, it's not optional. Yes. Uh, you can you can get destroyed by mass removal. You can get destroyed by targeted removal. And Midnight Reaper reaps himself for some <laughs> unknown reason. <laughs> He's like, on my way out, have a card in the life. <laughs> by the way, goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Yep. Uh, this card's actually probably going to see a lot of standard play, honestly. Because the, like, the, the worst case scenario for the card most of the time is that it's a 3-2 that draws you a card. Right? Right. That, it, darn. it replaces itself. Um, uh, risk factor. Risk factor is red and two for an instant. Target opponent may have risk factor deal four damage to them. If that player doesn't, you draw three cards. It has jumpstart. Hoof. Yeah. This sounded a lot more straightforward than you. Like, if you actually read the card, the line breaks in a weird place. Uh, target opponent may have risk factor. 
If you put a period in there because there's the line <laughs> break, deal four damage to them. If that player doesn't, you draw three cards. So you might think, do you have risk factor? <laughs> no. All right. I'm going to draw well, three cards. No, 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 that's, that's, that, no, 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 no. They, they have a choice here. Yes. This is actually how yeah. it works is they get a choice here. Uh, this is similar. The, the, they, they should know this line break problem. There was a card with this exact line break problem in the past called book burning. Uh, <laughs> It, 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 does your opponent have book burning? If not, deal six damage to them. Like what? <laughs> yeah, just be uh, beware. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, be aware. Uh, they they get the choice. They either they either take four to the face or you draw three cards. Um, and the one thing to note: it is an instant, unlike browbeat, which is a very similar card from the past. On your end step, risk factor. On my turn, attack you is a line that will yeah, happen. Seems pretty good. Um, this next card, I'm a huge fan of the name of it, and also the art is so creepy. Ooh, the art is very creepy. Unmoored Igu. Yeah. Uh, black, blue, one, sorcery. Choose a card name. Search target opponent's graveyard hand and library for up to four cards with that name and exile them. That player shuffles their library, then draws a card for each card exiled from their hand this way. How is this different than Lost Legacy? You can name basic lands. Oh. And artifacts and, and artifacts, which you can't it can't name with Lost Legacy. It's also harder to cast. Uh, like adding an extra color to your deck is non-trivial. But you you can name basic lands, which in modern is actually really relevant. Um, you, yeah, I only have two hands off. Yeah, exactly. You could you could actually play this in a in like a a really weird Grixis Blood Moon deck, Blood Moon them, and then name their basic lands, and then they can't get out. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, coming from a player who plays wow. turn two Blood Moons in modern very regularly, this is what I first wow. thought. Um, that is nasty. Uh, Ouch. This, this also lets you name non-basic lands, which is unusual for cards like this. Uh, so you can name Ursa's Mine. Uh, you can name Teferi. You can name whatever you want. Unmoored Ego doesn't care, but you only get four copies. If they have 16 Teferis in their library, you can only get four of them. <laughs> also, what format are you playing? Uh I have no idea. Draft. <laughs> it's called I, Teferi. I, I, I drafted 16 I, Teferis. A, a, a degenerate draft where you draft a whole box. Okay. And okay. you drafted 16 Teferis. Yeah, my box was incredible. Wow. And <laughs> no one else was in blue white. Everyone was just like, I don't oh, need no, no, Teferi. No. In degenerate draft, you don't pass these packs. Wait, this you is take an official a card and you throw it. No, no, no. This is, a, this is a format that I played with friends when we're like, wow. we want to burn a box. So oh, each of us okay. just drafts. So what you do is you, you open a pack, you pick one card, you throw the rest away. Oh my oh, goodness. That is degenerate. <laughs> that is, like everyone is required to bring a box in order you know to what? play. I've heard a lot of like really heinous things <laughs> about the ways that people have played magic. This might take the cake. Wow. I, I've I've done this with cons of Tarkir. Our Aww. decks I, my deck had three siege rhinos in it. It was well, you're a it monster. was something else. You're Jeez. a monster. Uh, I wow. lost some games. I don't You deserved it. it. <laughs> I <laughs> This uh, next card is bizarre. Yes. Uh, Chance for Glory. So Chance for Glory is an instant for white, red, and one. Creatures you control gain indestructible. Take an extra turn after this one. At the beginning of that turn's end step, you lose the game. No, wow. That, that this does not have zero day errata. Unlike Invert, this indestructible has no duration. You look at the creatures you have in the battlefield right now, they're indestructible forever. Forever is probably pretty short. But uh, it might not be if you have a Gideon and a Gideon emblem. Yeah, Gideon emblem. So this this is a triggered ability. This triggered ability goes in the stack. You can counter this, right? <laughs> disallow? Yeah, you can disallow your chance for glory trigger so that you don't lose the game and your creatures are indestructible forever. In your weird Jeskai <laughs> counterspell <Yeah>. creature deck. 
<laughs> we broke it, it's everybody. Tempo. We Thank broke you. the format. <laughs> yeah. You're wrong. <laughs> yep. And so you could you could just be like, you're in step, chance for glory. My turn. Disallow my chance for glory trigger. And then I get a normal turn after the, my bonus turn. Wow. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Like, Let's brew. It's it's weird. This is a strange card. Uh, they they probably assumed your game isn't going to last that long. They can have indestructible for the turn or two turns that it's going to yeah. be. Uh, also, make note that if you cast this on your opponent's end step, you, you only you get a turn, get a turn yes. and then you're you dead. You get a turn and then you're dead. You want to cast this on your turn yes. so that you get another turn that they don't see. It's basically, uh, there's a card, Relentless Assault, that gives you a bonus combat. In a lot of ways, this just behaves like that. Yeah. Like, you get to attack, they make some blocks, you make your creatures indestructible, then you it, then you take an extra turn where you get to attack again with your indestructible guys. <laughs> uh, it will probably kill me a lot in Limited. Um, I don't know. Will it? Have you ever had your opponent take two combats when they're indestructible? It's also mythic. Yeah, that's fair. But the, like that just means that they're always going to play it, right? I feel like it's so bad. Yeah, I, like, we'll I, see. It's we'll not going to kill me every draft. We but, do have to do our top uh, 10 worst yeah, cards for your seal. Yeah. Uh, chance for, or sorry, Divine Visitation is the next one on my list. Uh, this is an enchantment for white, white three. If one or more creature tokens would be created under your control... That many 4-4 white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance are created. Instead. Yes. Uh, this card is weird. Uh, people are like, oh, yeah, we've seen effects like this. We've never seen an effect like this. <clears throat> we've never seen an effect. Like, we've seen kind of similar oh, ones. Oh, we've seen an effect like this. Yeah. Uh, so Divine Visitation takes the characteristics of whatever tokens you make, throws them away, replaces them with 4-4 flying vigilant angel. Uh, and it makes them white. Uh, so if you're trying to make servo tokens... You're getting angels instead. Elf Knight, get out of here. Wow. Goblins, get out. Angels. Angels. And this is a replacement effect. They're always angels. Uh, Notably, if uh, I've seen a lot of questions about this plus doubling season, the interaction is you just get twice as many angels. Uh, This (laughs) so angels, angels, angels. A doubling season replaces tokens entering with twice as many tokens entering. Divine visitation replaces tokens entering with angel tokens entering. Great. Uh, It's the same event. Each one only applies once. So you you make twice as many tokens and then they become angels, or you make them angels and then you get twice as many angels. It doesn't matter which way you pick. Um, notably, though, this replaces the characteristics of the token. This doesn't replace other stuff. Uh, Geist of Saint Traft makes an angel token, which is nice. Uh, it says exile that angel token end of combat. Well, that actually refers to the token that it gets changed into with the divine visitation. Uh, it oh, says okay. that thing. So what divine if- visitation says? I'm not tricked. Yeah. That is still the same angel. Well, or rather, Geist, Geist, yeah, Geist is like, yeah, I am not yeah, tricked. Yeah. That is my angel. Get it out of here. Yep. Question, what if this had made, like, you know, horse tokens instead? Would it still not be tricked? It still wouldn't be tricked. Okay. Geist does not care. Be like, look, yeah. I know that that angel just got t- <laughs> swapped into a horse. Yep. That angel was horsed. Get yep. it out of here. Yep. Okay. This is a card that Megan previewed. Thousand Year Storm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Thousand Year Storm, uh, for those who weren't listening to your preview, uh, Red Blue 4 enchantment. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it for each other instant and sorcery spell you've cast before it this turn. You may choose new targets for the copies. This isn't actually Storm. It looks a lot like Storm, but it only counts instants and sorceries. Storm counts every spell that you cast during the turn. Okay. So if you... If you're a lunatic and play this in a deck where you're trying to storm out, you will have to track instance and sorcery separately from normal storm. Oh, well, uh, be aware. <laughs> um, and it's very possible that you'll like dig up to thousand year storm, play it, and then you'll have to figure out how many things you cast. You're like goblin electromancer doesn't count. 
but uh, but all of my keep rituals. Keep track of your yeah. stuff, yeah. Keep, people. Keep, and they're, they're separate. So just be aware. It looks a lot like Storm. I don't know why it isn't just Storm. They could have put whatever cost they wanted on this card. It could have cost seven or eight and just said Yeah, it's still going to be played by the same people. Yeah, it, it, it does exactly the same things. It's not going to see play in standard, right? Yeah. Like, why would you ever play this card in standard? We'll uh, see. Yeah, I, I, like, I'm going to put this in an EDH deck. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> this is going to happen. But you would still put it in even if it costs eight. Right. It, uh, no, I play cloven casting for goodness sakes. And that's just worse than this in every possible way. So, like, it, yeah. Um, Underrealm Lich. Underrealm Lich costs green black three for what a four three. <laughs> <laughs> he called you a singleton, an odd singleton, right? An odd singleton. Yeah, oddball singleton. Uh, so Underrealm Lich is a zombie elf shaman for three for green black and three. If you would draw a card, instead look at the top three cards of your library, then put one into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. You can pay for a life to have Underrealm Lich gain indestructible until end of turn and tap it. Uh, so. Things to note, this is not drawing cards. Uh, this is replacing drawing cards with doing something else. Uh, it It's similar to Dredge in that you, you don't draw cards, you don't trigger things that draw cards. It's not similar to Dredge in that Dredge will let you deck because Dredge is weird. Uh, this, if you have no cards in your library, you can choose to apply Underrealm Lich. Great. Move on. You don't die from having no cards in your library with an, wow. any tr when you try to draw cool. with an Underrealm Lich in the battlefield. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's actually helpful, really helpful in the libraries yeah. where you play it because you will eat your library very quickly. Uh, and then you just have to pay life to stay alive. It's it's really thematic. It's like, uh, uh, I don't have a library anymore. I've sacrificed everything to keep this Lich alive, which keeps me alive. <laughs> and then I have to pay life to keep it alive. <laughs> this Lich has taken everything from me. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's classic Lich right there. Yep. Classic Lich. And that that's what I have for single card notes. Awesome. Oh, very helpful. Thank, thank you, Rob. You. As always, Judge Rob, for coming yeah. in. Yeah. I know that we've got some questions, so we Maria's going to apply those yeah. while I disappear. <gasps> Unexplained Ooh. disappearance? Unexplained ether. disappearance. <laughs> Are you going to do some enhanced surveillance while you're gone? I am. Megan was demure this whole time, everybody. Isn't that really how it <laughs> yeah, would work, yeah, is I, I would tell yeah, you that I'm a different that's guild? That's true. Yeah. I'm Celestia. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs> Individual questions about yeah, cards from various up here. social media outlets. If you have a question for Judge Rob that we did not answer on this episode, remember you can always go to the YouTube video on Thursday and post it in the comments because Rob will mind those for questions as well. Yeah. Okay. I, I will answer them for up to a week is my general kind okay. of like I stop checking. That is so. just fine. Question. Assassin's Trophy. If its target becomes indestructible, its controller still gets a land, correct? Question yeah, mark. Uh, no. Or in, it becomes indestructible? Yes. Uh, so Assassin's Trophy, I'm going to run down. Uh, it is an instant for green, black. Destroy target permanent and opponent controls. Its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle their library. So... Uh, there's there's two different conditions that you might run into here. One, the thing becomes indestructible, like Underrealm Lich can become indestructible. In that case, they'll still get to search their library for a land. Uh, destroying the thing is, uh, the, the search is not contingent on actually destroying the thing. It is contingent on trophies successfully resolving, though. So, so say it becomes hexproof. It becomes hexproof, or it gets sacrificed, right. or uh, it gets returned to hand, uh, or it stops being a permanent, which is... 
if it happens, call me. Uh, so <laughs> then, then they won't get the chance to search. Okay. Uh, and note for Assassin's Trophy also, while we're here, uh, you will only shuffle if you elect to search. You can choose not to search. If you like the top card of your library because you surveilled and then ah, you like what you put okay. there, you don't have to search with Assassin's Trophy. If you do search, you must shuffle. This question is from Greg. If Lazav copies Phage the Untouchable, will the, quote, when Phage deals damage unquote, effects still happen since the card is still named Lazav. Yes. Uh, Lazav, the multifarious, is... He has power and toughness, and you probably don't care. He's a 1-3 for black, uh, for blue-black, <laughs> a legendary creature shapeshifter. When Lazav, the multifarious, enters the battlefield, surveil one. X, colon. So, X, generic mana. Lazav, the multif... Is an activated ability. Lazav the Multifarious becomes a copy of target creature card in your graveyard with converted mana cost X, except its name is Lazav the Multifarious. It's legendary in addition to its other types, and it has this ability. Uh, so Lazav, when he becomes a copy of something, replaces his name, or the name of the card with Lazav. And uh, when a card says, it refers to itself by name, it means this object. So yeah, uh, you get the Phage trigger. Okay. If you, copy, if you spend your seven mana to copy Phage to Lazav, uh, they're... They're probably better choices. There's another Lazav question here. Ooh. If Lazav, the multifarious, copies Etrada, the silencer, will Lazav shuffle itself if it deals combat damage? I ask because Lazav keeps his name, but Etrada's ability instructs to shuffle Etrada. Yeah. It, when it says shuffles Etrada. So we'll talk about Etrada, the silencer. This card's uh, awesome. Yeah. Three, five for black, blue, two, legendary creature, vampire, assassin. Etrada, the silencer can't be blocked, which if. If Atrada is being copied by by Lazav, that means Lazav can't be blocked. Okay. Uh, whenever Atrada, I mean Lazav, deals combat damage <laughs> to a player, exile target creature that player controls and put a hit counter on that card. That player loses the game if they own three or more exiled cards with hit counters on them. Atrada's owner shuffles Atrada into their library. I, I mean, Lazav's owner shuffles Lazav into their library. So, yeah, you, you exile thing, put a hit counter, and then shuffle this thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the when cards refer to themselves by name, the first time they use their full name, and later times they use shortened versions of their legendary. Uh, otherwise, Atrada could not fit all of their text on a card. This is a question about a card we talked about earlier. In fact, both. If you cast Unmoored Ego, can you name half of a double card like Knife Concoct, or must you name both? Uh, so you'll be naming both halves of it. Uh, when they're in the library, they have both halves. And when you name a name a card, in that case, you'll name both halves and then you'll just search for the, the cards with that name. So, so I, would I be in trouble if I just said connive? No. Okay. It, 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 when you name a card, what it really means is unambiguously identify it. So if you say uh, the Demir split card from Guilds of Ravnica. Uh, mind control, yeah, a thing it, with two or less. Yeah, mind, mind control, a little thing. And it's got some other half that I don't care about right now. Yeah, you can get it. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you're you're really just describing the card unambiguously. You're naming a card. You're searching for the for the split card, and you're searching for up to four copies of the total card when you do that. What is your favorite snack for between rounds at a pre-release? For between rounds at a pre-release, uh, so I actually have taken to doing protein bars for stuff like that. Yeah. So I I just bring a bag of protein bars and I'll munch like half a protein bar every every other round or something. I'm gonna um, put in my vote. I like peanuts. Peanuts are good. Peanuts are really good. When is it possible to respond to someone surveilling? Uh, so surveil is going to be part of a tr of something resolving, basically. So it'll have like a when this attacks surveil. That'll be a triggered ability. You can respond to the trigger. If they pick up and look at cards, they're in the middle of resolving it and it's too late. Uh, so you they can say attack you, surveil trigger, and you'll go response, uh, mill you for five. And they'll go, okay, 
Does it resolve? Okay, I'll surveil. Uh, it might be during the resolution of a spell, but it just whenever the thing that instructs you to surveil, whenever you could respond to it. I don't understand this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Okay. Is Niv-Mizzet colorblind? <laughs> I don't know why that would ever be something you would ask. So there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> I mean, it's a dragon, and like, I wouldn't think dragons could see a full spectrum of color, much like dogs and cats, cats can't. Or know? they could have extra, extra? yeah, they could, they extra could be, cones? They, yeah, they, they could be like brine shrimp. Ooh, brine yeah. shrimp have brine shrimp have like three extra sets of sensors. Sick. They can see colors that we can't even imagine. Brine shrimp are constantly on some kind of crazy drug. Hot PCP, <laughs> PCP. They, so they could they the. Is it brine shrimp? No, no, no. Um, I know which one you're thinking yeah. of. They, they they can shoot their spines out and break glass, so you can't keep them in glass tanks. Really? Yeah. <gasps> um, wow. They're, they're lunatics. Like, they're <laughs> lunatics of the animal world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Since it's fall on Ravnica, which I love, by the way, is there a new pumpkin? Is there a pumpkin spice equivalent on Ravnica? I'm going to go with, yeah. I mean, you know, pumpkin spice is one of those universal inventions, it's like universal. the wheel or. Um, Society, yeah, farming, agriculture, yeah. yeah, agriculture is a universal invention. If you have civilization, you have pumpkin spice. Great. Do the Rakdos throw the best Halloween parties? My answer is duh, duh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're gonna d- disagree with me here? So, so I would actually contend that Rakdos aren't gonna give you candy. <laughs> and that's so candy that's is a deal poison. Breaker. That's the problem. No, no, no. You go up to their door and they will just start dropping raw meat on you. Have you seen Rakdos Carnarium for original Ravnica? They'll just be like, hello, raw little meat. child. But you, and then you ask, what kind of meat is this? And they go, guess. <laughs> and you're like, and you're like, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm good. I, I'm going to go home. I, I would actually give him that it's probably Celestia. Ooh, why? They're, because they're going to be they're they're going to have a managed and controlled uh, yeah, but they're going to have a managed and controlled door-to-door experience, <laughs> right? Celestia, join us for a managed and controlled door-to-door experience. Yeah. Also very good at campaigning for like public office. Right. Well, no, have you ever trick-or-treated at like a at like an old folks home or anything? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be exactly like that. It's a good point. It's a good point. And speaking of Selesnia, who does the corn maze? Selesnia or Demir? <laughs> I love that question. That's <laughs> because both I can see both of them doing it. That that might be a collaborative guild. Yeah, thing. maybe they both work on like, it together. The, like the Selesnia builds the maze. Uh, like the, the Demir design it, they draw it out. The Selesnia implement it, except that there's a building at the middle of the, that like the center gazebo, and the Demir say, "We got that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's questions from our Discord. Uh, if you're a patron, you get access to that. So this is just another little perk for you. Uh, thank you for being so creative with your questions, everybody. Like we said, yeah. uh, Thursday, the video will be on YouTube and Rob will be there to help you out for about a week. So yeah, yeah. if you have more questions, hit them up. Rob is uh, joining me to thank Ultra Pro for being one of our sponsors. Ooh, this is built like a normal die. What do you have there, Rob? Uh, this is a giant cuddly die. Mm. Oh, do you need a pillow to cuddle with at night that also reminds you of magic and or any kind of d- game that needs a 20-sider? Do you have a DM that every once in a while makes incredibly <laughs> atrocious puns? I'm going to come close to the mic. <laughs> do you have a DM or another player at your table that makes incredibly atrocious puns and you need to sometimes throw things at them? Yeah. But you, you don't go. want to hurt them that badly. Yeah. That's a really uh, good point, Rob. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm that player at my table. So (laughs) (laughs) what? No way. They, they decided they almost gave my character. They almost let him keep his headband of intellect. He's an eight inch fighter that took a level in Paladin so far. And we 
we were tuning things in fifth edition. And so uh, I, I got an inch of 19 for a while. And they were like, can the, can the fighter keep the headband of intellect? Because he doesn't make as many really dumb like sight gags anymore. <laughs> Please make it stop. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, you can get this uh, on ultrapro.com. It's a really, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's built like a normal die. It's got one across. You can actually and, roll it and you can play with it. Probably. I, I would not in a tournament. Well, like this is, this is more ovoid even than a normally 20. So <laughs> for but, a casual game at your house, I would roll this. I think it'd be fun. You could also use this to play giant, like life-size Dungeons and Dragons. That'd be sweet. Yeah. If you want a LARP, you can roll D20s there you go. now. Ultra and it's Pro. to scale with you. <laughs> cool products, including this, also works as a pillow. Yeah. Good night. Well, everybody, that's the end of the episode. Big thank you to Judge Rob for being here once again. Uh, you're welcome. I love coming on the show. Yay. It's always great. So normally, this is the episode when Meg and I would name cutest card and grossest card. So if you've been holding your breath. You said last week you couldn't name them without me here. I know. And now I she, know. Now I'm Megan's gone. So what am I supposed to do? You know, we got to wait another week. I Maybe I'll buy a standy of myself. If <laughs> <laughs> I would love a Judge Rob standy to <laughs> just bring in and put in the background. Well, so the you're problem, always here. The problem is I'm... I'm six foot two. That, and so like if it was life size, version. it would go up to like that wheel that they can't <laughs> even see. And so, yeah, we do have the wheel from when we did uh, those uh, completely accurate history videos of Dominaries yep. hanging on the wall. Those, the ship weather lights wheel is on our wall up there mm-hmm. that you can't see. It looks very great. actually. It's really so. cool. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll do that next week. Don't let me forget because it is not easy, at least for me. Yeah. I think it's easy for Megan. No, oh, I, I can tell you, like, do you want me to guess what sure, I think? Sure. I, so I think that, so you have two two primary choices, right? I mean, for... You you have Cuddly Indrick or the cat that brought you a treat. The cat that brought you a treat and Cuddly Indrick are the two, you know, that most Those people are, are front tell, runners, telling right? me about. But there's, there's two other dark horse candidates, Rob. And to be honest with you, I'm still wrestling with the decision. Like, I think that Dream Eater is probably going to be her front runner, right? I love Dream Eater. But there's a lot of, like, dead bugs in this set, so... There's lots of cute bugs. And if you know me, you know that my picks aren't usually very conventional. My first cutest card ever was Golgari Longlegs, for crying out loud. Yeah. No. Well, no, I'm thinking of the, the like, the, like, creepy spider stuff. Because it should be like, hmm... Gruesome menagerie is pretty bad. It's not like it's not <laughs> yeah, as bad. She's going to have a hard time. There's some disgusting stuff in this set. Yeah. Cruel Swarm is of, pretty. A lot yeah. of exposed spines. Yeah. A lot of exposed spines. Like there aren't any eyeballs attached to flesh, which the, that's always. That's the, the always. Free, the that, that's free like win. the free square. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, but yeah, there's there's lots of cute things. And so while we're talking cute. about this, too, I just want to point out, I want to give a big round of applause to the creative team for this set because I think all of the flavor text is excellent and the art is out of this world. I am a huge fan. And I've, I've just been noticing this because I've been reading these cards for the first time and I'm just, yeah. I'll read the flavor text. And I'm like, that's really funny. That's yeah. very clever. So, yeah, like, high five. I mean, there's a, there's a corn maze. Oh, there is a corn maze. Circuit, circuitous route. Uh, search your library for up to two basic land cards and or gates. And then the shortest path through two, two points is not always the safest. Just like, that's actually a Demir. Oh. I, I could see that on a Demir card for flavor. I need to go to a corn maze, Rob. We're getting way off topic here, but yep. I love the fall so much. <laughs> so I'm just having the best, the best time with this set. And so next week, officially, we will name cutest card and grossest card. Stay tuned, of course, on YouTube for our video for the top 10 worst rares to not put in your pre-release deck before this weekend. The pre-release is this weekend. Pre-register, go play, yes. find your guild, 
do more than one because I'm here to say I played with a set two times already and it is very, very deep and there are lots of different things you can do and lots of cool stuff in all of the guilds. Yeah, that's the one thing with Ravnica sets. If you haven't played a Ravnica set before, the one thing to be aware of is Ravnica sets are packed with stuff. Yeah. They're like every two, every like not just every guild, but every two guilds together is generally an interesting different draft experience. And so, like, normally when you look at a set, like, like say we're just an M19, every two-color pair had an archetype, right? Yeah. Uh, in this, it's every pair of guilds. And then also, you can start thinking about shards, because splashing yeah. is not that hard. Right, It's and the, the mana fixing is better. And, well, the shards are usually just, like, guild pair plus a card or whatever, right? And, two, a lot, some of them have synergy, like Golgari yeah. plus Demir. Yeah, works Surveil together. to put in your graveyard is really good, or Jumpstart. Like, Surveil is really powerful, because it powers up two of the other yeah, mechanics exactly uh, i actually think convoke is really weird because it's the odd one out i uh, like it doesn't it doesn't really connect with the other guild mechanics but like convoke is such a such a fun clean mechanic like they make sense yeah like uh they talk uh one thing mark rosewater talks about is uh the the amount of depth the mechanic has for design and they could come back to convoke five or six more times uh when you compare it to a mechanic like cypher which is probably the shallowest mechanic they've ever put on a guild. And just complicated. Uh, Complicated is fine. At the beginning. Yeah. But like Cypher, they designed almost every Cypher card they could print the first time. Like Cypher was really hard to design more cards for. And like there's just, there's just not very many that they can make. But Convo, they could could design a hundred Convo cards. Perfectly fine. So yeah, I highly recommend this pre-release because this set is super baller. Yes. Big thank you again to everybody who supports us yeah. on patreon.com slash patrons slash GLH of magic and card kingdom and ultra pro and you for listening and being so awesome. Go out there and be excellent to each other at your pre-release. Have yes. a great time. Uh, please tweet at us with pictures of sweet rares or the decks that you build. I love seeing those things again on Twitter or at GLHF magic. Same on Instagram, same on Facebook on YouTube is a little bit different. It's slash good luck. High five. We've got new board game review coming up. And once I I said it once before, twice before, this is the third time top 10 worst rare spun your deck video coming out this week and so much more content on the, on the horizon for us. So I'm super excited about all of this stuff and yeah, man, we're gonna, we have so much more to talk about that we couldn't even get to in this show. So stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned, everybody. And you know what? Thanks for hanging out. Judge Rob, high five. Oh, oh.